You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we're coming to you right across Australia live from Hobart, Tasmania each weekday at 9am and if you're listening in Tasmania you can catch us again at 4.30pm each weekday as well now you can listen on 87.6, 87.8 and 88.0 depending on where you are you may catch us on a different frequency but if you have trouble getting us on the radio you can also listen on the Faith FM app and the Faith FM website that's faithfm.com.au so uh, today we've got Gary in the studio welcome Gary Jason good to be with you yeah continuing your uh, series called Lifetime Search and uh, today uh, we've got some more fishy stories and unbelievable we have (laughs) part two yeah, so Gary, um, we've been talking about these uh, fishy stories last week, uh, and uh, I'm just wondering if you've had any personal experiences that you'd like to share that uh, relate to some fishy stories. Mm, good question, Jason. Uh, yeah, look, I have. Um, when I was a kid, Dad used to always take us down to the Fremantle Wharf or any wharf, and we'd try to catch fish from the jetties and the wharves. You know, you could do it in those days. Mm. Um, but all we used to catch was these puffer fish, you know, these blowfish, we call them in, in WA. Until one day, uh, I, was, you know, I was in my late teens by this time, we went fishing in Bunbury, and the dolphins were out there in the ocean chasing schools of fish. So my brother-in-law had his little putt-putt boat, so we got out there with a spinner, you know, one of these little spinners on the end of your line. Yeah. And then we caught fish. I reckon we caught as many as Peter did in the story we <laughs> talked about last Really? Time. Yeah, it was good. But another one, Jason, just quickly. Uh, I was in Israel on one occasion, and I saw this guy fishing. And he was standing on this rock in the Sea of Galilee. He's fish, and he had a had a gun slung across his shoulder. And I thought, what was the gun for? Well, I thought those poor fish—they're going to be in for it, aren't they? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you need to do that some places in Israel. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Very good. Well, uh, just uh, reminding our listeners, our show number, that's the Tassie Encounters number, is 0488-880-891. Write that down, save it somewhere, and uh, you can text us in to take advantage of our free offers and also uh, perhaps respond to a question or give us your thoughts or feedback. We'd love to hear from you. So, Gary, uh, you've got some more fishy stories to talk about today. Where are we going to start today? Well, we've got one fishy story, but some other unbelievable stories. Oh, okay, unbelievable stories. Unbelievable, yeah, yeah. Well, we're going to go back to Capernaum because uh, this little mini-series of three presentations, pre-programs is going to be about stories that happen around about or from Capernaum. You know, we mentioned a few programs ago, Jason, that the Roman occupation of Palestine was centred in Caesarea on the Mediterranean Sea. But according to the Bible, the Romans were also in places like Capernaum. They must have had a garrison there. Because uh, the story, a story of a centurion, a Roman centurion is mentioned there. Mm. And you remember we said last uh, week that... Capernaum was on a very important trade route, the Via Maris, the way of the sea it's called. And so you can even go to Capernaum today and you'll see a Roman milestone pillar, a marker, like a big cylindrical post made of stone. And these were marker stones so that people know, oh, you know, this is where we are. I've made it to this point. Yeah, so, you know. And excavations in Capernaum not that long ago reveal a 2nd century AD bathhouse a right. Roman bathhouse. The Romans were famous with their hot and cold and, you know, bathhouses. But it was sitting on top of another building of the same shape, same, you know, size sort of thing. So is that an unusual thing? Or 
What you mean, sitting on top of another building? Yeah, like like I'm just interested into why you're describing this sitting on top of another building and the bathhouse. Being yes, on top. because they used existing structures, so it was probably an old bathhouse that they modified and built on top of it, used the, you know as foundations and so okay. on. Okay, because the bathhouses had important underneath the the flooring was pl- space to do the heating and so on. Ah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So um, so yeah, that, so they believe this this does go back to the time of the Romans in the first century because the first the foundations under which this Second century uh, BC uh, AD bathhouses built were sitting on, you know, first century foundations. It would seem. So, oh, anyway, Jason, let's let's get to the story mm. uh, about this Roman centurion. I wonder if you could read for us uh, Matthew chapter eight, and maybe you can begin at verse five, and we'll just track the story through, and then we'll make some comments on it. Now, when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, pleading with him, saying. Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. For I am also a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I, and I say to this one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this. And he does it. Quite incredible, isn't it? You know, yeah. I just I just tell people do this. Well, you can do this for the for the sickness. Anyway, let me read on a bit. When Jesus heard it, he marvelled and said to those who followed, "Assuredly, for sure, I tell you," he said, "I've not found such great faith, not even in Israel." And I say to you that many will come from the east and the west, and they'll sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. They're the the the, the fathers of the fathers of, of Israel. Yeah. And they'll sit down in the kingdom of heaven, but the sons of the kingdom will be cast out into outer darkness. There'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the centurion, go your way, and as you've believed, so it be done for you. And his servant was healed that same hour. Quite a story, isn't it? It's amazing to me, Gary, that uh, this guy was a Roman centurion, so a, a, a... uh, I guess a, a commander. Well, yeah. what, what would you call them today? Yeah, like, what would what like be the equivalent in our army or something? Yeah, I don't know how many there is in a in a in a in a, a company. Yeah, uh, but if you're looking at a you know centurion suggests a hundred soldiers or so. You know, so about, he was the leader of that, of that yeah. hundred group. And yeah. but as a Roman, he came to Jesus. That's the thing that fascinates yes. me. Yes, he I came mean, to Jesus. So he must have knew or heard something about Jesus. Exactly. He he, uh, he was obviously a man who was open to. It, it was open-minded, yeah, not not narrow, because most Romans would have been pagans. You know, this mm. is the way they they thought. And uh, so this guy, uh, by the way, he built a synagogue. That's how much he was in favour of the Jews. I mean, that's that's either he paid for it or he got his workmen to do it. You know, and help mm. out. But mm. um, so the centu- I think the first thing we note about this story is the centurion's care for his servant. I mean, this is not normal. I mean, a foreign overlord concerned about a servant, they were, they were cheap, they were a dime a dozen. Mm. Um, and yet he's concerned about this man's welfare. I think that's a that, that says something about this guy. I think it does. It says something about his heart. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And then, of course, what do we see? Christ's willingness and, and, and his eagerness to help people. What does he say? Um, I will come and heal him. Yeah, yeah. the guy says, say, come down. He says, no, it's almost like, oh, let me get off my seat. I'm coming right away. Yeah. So Christ was very willing to help this guy. And then, of course, uh, the centurion's reply was, hang on, don't come to my house. I'm not yeah. worthy of that. That's so amazing. what does that say about the guy? Well, he was humble. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. A very humble man, you know. Yeah. And, and he also acknowledged Christ and his authority. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah. So I, I, I love that. This guy is concerned about people. He's a humble guy. He's not a big headed fellow. And then we saw 
we see his faith. I mean, the guy trusts. He says, listen, um, just speak a word. I'm a, I, I'm a, I have soldiers under me. So I say, hey, please, go here and do this, do that. And there you go. So you've you got this, there's this sickness here in my servant's God. You can just tell it to go and it's gone. Mm. <laughs> That's tremendous faith, it's isn't it? Incredible faith. He didn't, yeah. even, didn't even expect Jesus to come and, you know, do. I guess Jesus healed in many different ways. Yes. Sometimes it was by spoken word. Sometimes it's through touch. And, yeah. But in this case, it was just the word. That when he, you when you put the whole th- gospels together, you learn that first of all, he sent a servant to go and say, "Come," and then Jesus comes, uh, or it's tell him, you know, help. And so Jesus comes, and then it seems he sends another one. Mm. And finally, Jesus is coming closer, so he comes himself. And says, I, I told you not to come because you know you, you, anything's possible for you. <laughs> <laughs> interesting. It is interesting. But what do you like? What do you what do you think about Jesus' joyful affirmation of the centurion and his faith? I mean, he says, "Yeah, he marvelled, you know, marvelled." You know, he says, "I'm blown away. Mm. Never seen this sort of faith." Mm. <laughs> I love that. That's terrific, isn't it? And uh, it's interesting that it's recognised. You know, that's outside of Israel, yeah, yeah. outside of the the chosen people. Yeah, and I think mm. there's a good lesson for all of us here, Jason. It's so easy for us to criticise, isn't it? Mm. But Jesus often affirmed people. Mm. He said, "I haven't found such great faith," and he said it publicly. Mm. Man, this guy—he's really—he's really onto it. And so I think that's a, a fantastic picture. Then, then of course, Jason, uh, the thing that comes out of this story is that the that faith is active trust, because. Christ is clearly the only condition for eternal life here because what does it say? Many will come from the east and the west, that's non-Jews, and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that's Jews who had faith in God because Abraham's called the man of faith. But the sons of the kingdom, that's Jews and Christians without true faith, it includes Mm. everybody, um, they'll be cast into outer darkness. So Jesus is trying to get across through this story Guys, you've got to have active trust in me. And this guy's got it. Mm. I love that about it. It's interesting. And I think of uh, the Apostle Paul who, you know, he says himself that he was called to go and preach to the Gentiles. Yeah. But it's interesting how Jesus here is saying it ahead of time. Exactly. There's people outside of the Jewish nation who will be there. Exactly. And mm. Jesus ha- had said it toward, in what was it, John uh, chapter, is it 17? Anyway, he says, other sheep, I, no, John 10, other sheep I have which are not of this fold, them I must bring. They have mm. sheep. So mm. this is a great story. And I, I saw exactly what you saw, Jason, that Jesus is getting ahead of Paul here. Mm. He's saying this is what's going to happen. But look at the last one. Jesus says, or we see Christ's power. Mm. Just speak the word. The spoken word. Because Christ was the creator. Mm. And how does the Bible say? By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made. He spoke mm. and it was done. So what we're seeing in this story is Jesus' creative power, mm. recreative power. He's bringing this guy from the brink of, you know, well, almost death, I suppose, because this guy was worried. And he has power. I think that says something about Jesus, how he can help us today, Jason. It, yeah, it certainly does. We're going to go to a break, uh, Gary, and we're going to listen to our first song. It's called Leave It There by Walter Adkins. If the world you withhold of its silver and its gold and you have Get along with me, your fit. Just remember in his word how he feeds a little bird. Take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. Leave it there, oh, leave it there. 
make your burden too lonely with this. And if you trust him through your doubt, he will surely bring you out. Take your burden too lonely with this. And if your body suffers pain and your health you can regain, and your soul is almost sinking in despair. Jesus knows the pain you feel. He can save and he can heal. Take your burden to Lord and leave it there. Leave it there, oh leave it there. Take your burden to Lord and leave it there. And if you trust Him through your doubt, He will surely bring you out. Take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. And when your enemies assail and your heart begins to fail, don't forget that God in heaven answers prayer. And He will make a way for you and He will lead you safely through. Take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. Trust him through your doubt, he will surely bring you out. Take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. And that's Leave It There by Wilder Atkins. You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM. Now, we've been talking with Gary, Gary Webster, about some different stories and uh, particularly the stories around the area of Capernaum. And uh, we've got another one coming up. This yes. one's an, uh, this is this one's the fishy story, Gary. Yeah, that's the fishy story for this week, and it's found in Matthew seventeen. And, uh, I, and I think Jason, the words of that song that we just heard, "Take your burdens to the Lord," is brought out in 
all of these stories because he, he, Jesus has he's the power to do anything. Yeah. So we can take our stuff to him. Well, this one's found in Matthew 17. Perhaps you should read this fishy story, Jason. Uh, let's go. Verse 24. 24 Matthew verse 24 17. to 27 we're, yep. we're reading from. And uh, it says, When they had come to Capernaum, those who received the temple tax came to Peter and said, Does your teacher not pay the temple tax? He said, Yes. And I assume that meant, yes, he does pay yes, it. Yes, he does pay yeah. it. Yeah, of course he, yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. there was pieces. Of course he pays it. <laughs> and when he had come into the house, Jesus anticipated him, saying, what do you think, Simon? From whom did the kings of the earth take customs or taxes? From their sons or, or from strangers? And Peter said to him, from strangers. And Jesus said to him, then the sons are free. Nevertheless, lest we offend them, go to the sea, cast in a hook, and take the fish that comes up first. And when you have opened its mouth, you'll find a piece of money. Take that and give it to them for me and you. How about that for a catch? Yeah, that's an interesting catch. <laughs> uh, well, we learned some great things here. First of all, let's talk about the temple tax. The Jews at this time, because they were building the temple, Herod the Great had started building the temple, and to support the upkeep of the temple and what I guess what was also going on, they had this little temple tax. So mm. you give you give some money, everyone gives some money, and it contributes. So Peter's saying, you know, or they are asking, well, how, what about your teacher? Does mm. he pay the temple tax now? Actually, Jason, this was a trick question, really. It doesn't. It, first of all, it seems an innocent question, but actually, they're trying to they're trying to trick tricks. Peter here, and, and, and also say something about Jesus. So knowing that he was a teacher, yeah. a, a religious teacher, he, he had his followers, uh, and the other Pharisees, so the, the, other, the other religious leaders, would they have been paying a temple tax as well? Uh, good question. More than likely because Jesus came into the temple one day and he saw people putting their coins in and yeah. then these sort of people so, were So it's probably standard practice yeah. to, to pay the temple tax. Yeah. Yeah. So, so they say, so here's the trick. First of all, if Jesus had said, um, you know, look, uh, or, or let, me, let me put it back. If you go to Matthew chapter 12, verse 6, we read this verse. Jesus says, I say to you that in this place, in the temple he is, there's one greater than the temple, meaning mm. himself. The temple was all about Jesus, mm. pointed to him, the Lamb of God who would take away the sin of the world. So the whole temple pointed to him. Now, when Peter says, yes, Jesus pays the temple tax, his enemies would be thinking, okay, then he's not God Almighty. Because why does God pay taxes to himself? You know, yes. That's the picture. <laughs> that's a strange thing to do, yeah. So they're, they're trying to undermine the claims of Jesus here. Mm. But if Peter had said, no, he doesn't, then, of course, they, they're his enemies, Jesus' enemies. They would have said, see, he doesn't respect God's, um, God's temple. So they thought he had, had him over the barrel here like they did so many times. So Peter says, well, of course he pays taxes. Yeah. I like what happens next. I think you read it. Yeah. Where, where what, what happened when Peter got to the house? Uh, what does it say? Uh, well, Jesus told him to go down to the river to or go down and do some fishing. But are you talking before, before that? Before that, before, before that. that. says, uh, what do you think? So Jesus asked him a question. From whom do the kings of the earth collect duty and taxes from their own children? Now, this is interesting, Jason, because Peter hasn't even opened his mouth. Yeah. Jesus knows what's going on, but he's not been there. That mm. says something about who Jesus is, you mm. see. So, so Peter, um, yeah, do, do, do the kids of the, of the king pay taxes? And does the king pay taxes? Well, of course not. And so, but I love his next his response. What does he say? He says two things: let's not offend the people. Mm, mm. So let's pay our taxes. We don't have to really. 
At least I don't. I'm, I'm greater than the temple. But but we don't want to. We don't want to upset people. I, I, that's a good attitude to have, isn't it? Yeah, sure. Yeah. You know, so many times people think, well, I'm within my rights. Yeah, we we do often think, yeah. well, I'm I'm within my rights, or I'm right in in my thinking. Yeah. If that offends somebody, that's their problem. Exactly, yeah. exactly. But not Jesus. Mm. And then the other thing was, I love it. Jesus pays for Peter's tax as well here. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> go to the go, go to the um, go to the sea. Now, how did Jesus know that the fish that he caught would actually have a coin in it? <laughs> well, I think that was a miracle in the in exactly. and of itself. Yeah. This, that what we're seeing is the power of Jesus. Yeah, here. the power of Jesus. And uh, you know, it's 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 interesting, isn't it? Because you know, today we we'd get our wallet out yeah. and we'd we'd pull a you know the the money out and we'd say go and pay the tax, but. Yeah. You know, Jesus didn't have that. He says, "Okay, go, go <laughs> yeah, and catch right. a fish." <laughs> yeah. that, that's that's my property. <laughs> yeah, that's it. He was showing that yes. there was a different way, and yes. I guess that shows total ultimate dependence on God, doesn't it? It does. That, and that, that he himself being God, but he was also dependent on God. Yes, and I think it also says he's the Lord of creation. Yeah, <laughs> if he wants to get a coin, he'll get it in his fish. <laughs> anyway, Jason, I think what this ultimately shows is the love of Christ for both his enemies. And his friends. Mm. He helped Peter pay his tax, and he didn't offend the Jewish leaders, even though they hated Jesus. All right, well, that's an interesting fishy story, I reckon. We're going over to Mark next. Yes, yes, I want to talk about another story. This one happens right in Capernaum itself. Obviously, this one was, you know, this one was was in Capernaum, but Peter goes out fishing. But this one here, it happens right in the city. It's the story of the of the paralytic. Mm. And uh, maybe you can read for us Mark chapter two, uh, starting in verse one, Jason. Great story. It says, and again he entered, he entered Capernaum after some days, and it was heard that he was in the house. What does that mean, in the house? In, in the, the house where he belonged to. Right, okay. Now, it's either, either it was Peter's house or Jesus' own house. Because remember it says Jesus' home. He moved home. from Nazareth to yes, Capernaum. Yes, this, this was Jesus' hometown. Yeah, yeah. Immediately many gathered there so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. And he preached the word to them. Then they came to him, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven you. That's interesting, isn't it? He says, uh, your sins are forgiven. The God didn't even ask. Anyway, let's come back. Let's keep reading. Yeah. And some of the scribes were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? I like the next section. Let me read this verse 8, Justin. But immediately, yeah. when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they reasoned thus within themselves, he said to them, why do you reason about these things in your hearts and in your minds? What is easier, to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, rise, take up your bed and walk? Anybody can say your sins are forgiven, but you can't uh, tell a paralytic to get up and walk. Mm. (laughs) But that you may know, he says, that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I tell you, rise, take up your bed and go to your house. Immediately he rose, took up his bed, and went out in the presence of them all so that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, wow, we never saw anything like this. Mm. (laughs) Good one. Great story, isn't it? Mm. I think the first thing, Jason, remember we said last week that Capernaum was Jesus' home headquarters, if you like. This This was his base that he worked from because it was a Gentile area as well. It was on the Via Maris, a trade route, so he had global access, and his home was obviously here. 
It, it's it's interesting, isn't it, that um, by saying that, you know, Jesus first of all said, "Forgive." You know, mm-hmm. forgive, he forgave the sins of, of this uh, man who was paralytic. He said that first, not yeah. second. But uh, it's interesting that the uh, the other religious uh, leaders who are around there, yep. in, in essence, they would have been shocked and offended because, you know, they were saying yes. he's speaking blasphemy. You know, and, uh, and, and it says that he said that because he was the Son of God. Yeah. I'm just going to ask a question to our listeners here. How do we know... And how, how can we be sure that God forgives our sins? Good question. It's a really good question, isn't it? Because uh, I think sometimes we we might ask God for forgiveness and then we hold on to that. Yes. So how can we be? How can we know? How can we be sure that God forgives our sins? Text us in on zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. Your answer to that question: How do we know? And how can we be sure that God forgives our sin? I'm glad you asked that question. Yeah. Because that was a question on my mind when I first read this story, and maybe I'll, if we get time, I'll share that just mm. briefly. So, so one another thing we noticed is the the house was crowded. Mm. I mean, people were hanging on Jesus' words. Yeah, the, the whole house was so crowded you can't even get in the doors and the windows. And it's interesting. We have this picture uh, when we read this story that you know they had to sort of cut through the roof. It says they uncovered the roof. It could be like today they they took the uh, the roofing iron off and yeah and, and lowered him through that way. But those only, houses only were, worse, only worse back then. Yeah, sometimes there was a different type of housing. Was yeah, it? Yeah, let me tell you, it wasn't tiling because <laughs> I've seen the house. And in fact, they're, they're like a thatch or like yes, a, it was like it was like. Putting across some boards, yep. some tr- trunks, trees, small tree trunks. Then you put down uh, sticks and you mix it with mud, and and, it, and and then you roll it. We found rollers that you use, stone rollers, to roll the roof. Right. So when these guys broke through, uh, that's a mess. It was a bit of a, re- a bit of a repair job to do afterwards. <laughs> there was, yeah. there was. So they were quite serious at they getting this serious. man to Jesus. Yeah, and then I love the. Well, this brings us to the the, fa- the fact the active trust that these guys had. I mean, they carry this guy, they carry him up the roof. Wouldn't have been easy, a little staircase there up mm. the side of the house. Uh, and, and, and then they break the roof open. And Jesus saw all those things and says, boy, these guys have got faith in me. Notice that. It's interesting that he says they, their faith, yes. not, not just the boy, just not just the paralytic, but no. the other four as well. They were with him in this thing. Mm. Yeah. And Christ, what's interesting, he doesn't say straight away, hey, get up and walk fellow, he says, your sins are forgiven. Mm. So Jesus must have been able to see beyond this man's outward need, his real need. This guy really had come to Jesus for forgiveness. Mm. That's what he'd come for. Uh, and I love the way Jesus says it. Your sins have been forgiven. In the Greek, this means they're done. Mm. They're forgiven. And of course, that's when the scribes and the Pharisees, they get really upset. Maybe we'll just pick that up straight after the next song, Jason, if you want to. Yeah. Uh, because I, I don't want to rush this part because this really answers part of your question you had a moment ago. Okay. Well, remember to text in your answers uh, to the question, how do we know and how can we be sure that God forgives our sin? We're going to go to a break now. This is Because He Lives by Anna Weatherup. God sent his son. They called him Jesus He came to love Heal and forgive He lived and died To buy my pardon An empty 
He lives by Anna Weatherup. You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM. And uh, we asked a question just before the break. How do we know and how can we be sure that God forgives our sin? Because we've been talking about this story with uh, Gary Webster here. We're talking about a story where God, or Jesus, sorry, uh, said to this paralytic boy, your, yeah. sons are for, your sins are forgiven. And he said that before he said, get up and... Yes. Take your bed and walk. So, so 
Yeah, go. Sorry, Jason. Yeah, so so uh, we've got a little bit more to to share on this. Um, before we just get back into it, I will just mention we do have a book offer that's coming up. That's the Desire of Ages, and it's part of the Conflict of the Ages series. Now we have given away uh, a previous book. We've got four copies of this book to give away, and uh, this is Volume Three in that series, Conflict of the Ages: The Desire of Ages. Gary's going to talk a bit more about it. Uh, towards the end of this section. So, uh, but back into our discussion for today, we're talking about the forgiveness of sins and these uh, religious leaders who uh, recognise that only mm. God can forgive sins. So you imagine this guy, he's lowered down and he's, he's, quite, he's quite despondent. I mean, he couldn't get in for starters and then he, he gets them to take him up on the roof and they broke it open. Imagine when, what, how he must have felt when Jesus said, Son, be of good cheer. You're, all your sins are forgiven. He must he must have just been blown away. Mm. But anyway, the scribes and the Pharisees, the religious leaders caught on that. They said, come. They didn't even say anything, by the way. They just were thinking it and looking at each other. Who does this guy think he is that he can forgive sins? Only God can do that. Mm. And, and, and Jesus shows them that he's God because he says, why do you think those things in your minds? So he's, he's, he's actually giving them evidence yeah. Of who he is. Well, number one, he can heal people. Yes. <laughs> number two, uh, yeah, he, yes. he can read their thoughts. Exactly. And he hasn't healed him just yet, but he's about to. So he says, which is easier? Come on now, you guys. Mm. Which is easier? Is it easy to say your sins are forgiven or say get up and walk? Well, any, any fool, excuse me, Jason, can say, you know, your sins are forgiven. But you can't say get up and walk and have the thing happen. Yeah. <laughs> and, and anyone can say your sins are forgiven, but uh, do they actually have the power to forgive? Exactly, and that's mm. what Jesus now comes to. You, you're right on there. Mm. So Jesus says, so that you, and I love this, Jason, he loves these guys who are criticizing him, mm. who are saying he's a blasphemer. He's claiming to be God. That's what they said. He blasphemes, which means to claim to be able to forgive sins, you're claiming to be God. Uh, and so Jesus says, so that you guys might know, because one day you guys might need this, mm. or you will need it. You, so that you might know that the Son of Man has power to forgive sins, I say, get up and walk. And the guy got up and, you know, I mean, it must have been an awesome scene. Mm. <laughs> Jason, I remember reading, I was very discouraged. I was about about 20 years old, travelling through New South Wales, through Victoria, actually. And, and I was driving along, uh, my dad was driving, and there was a magazine on the dashboard, and it was this story. And I read this story, and I thought, if God can do this for this paralytic, he can do it for me. If he has the power to forgive sin for that guy, Mm. he can do it for me. And, you know, I claimed that, and I knew that God had forgiven even little old me. Mm. I think it's a powerful story that helps us to know. How do we know God can forgive sins? Because he says so. Mm. And Jesus said, because of your faith, you believe my words. Mm. Uh, Awesome story. And this, this, uh, you've got a verse here in Isaiah. It's a, it's a powerful verse here. It says, Thus says the Lord, this is Isaiah 43, verse 16 yes. and 25. Thus says the Lord, I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. Exactly. It, it's a powerful verse. That, it is. You know, and you'll notice something else about this story too, Jason. It says, he gives him the assurance of forgiveness. He says, but that you may know, and he does it immediately. Mm. We don't have to wait for our sins to be forgiven. The moment we hear that God can forgive us and we claim it, that's it. We're forgiven. I think that's a, an, an incredible thing that Jesus is trying to help us with. Um, one more thing I think that's important. Not only does he give the, the assurance of sins forgiven, but this guy goes away 
knowing he's forgiven, mm. gets up and walks away. Mm. I read a statement um, during the week, Jason, from a from a writer in a book called The Faith I Live By, and it says this, the grace of Christ is freely to justify, that means to count us right before God, uh, before sorry, before God, the sinner without merit or claim on his part, uh, without our, what, 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 we don't do yeah, it. it's okay? to justify the sinner. Yeah. yeah. Justification, meaning counted right before God, yeah. is a full, complete pardon of sin. And I like this next phrase. The moment a sinner accepts Christ by faith, the moment says, says, Jesus, take my sin, that moment he is pardoned. That's the very point Jesus is making. Immediately he does this for this guy. Mm. And so what a beautiful thing. You know, we can know our sins are forgiven because Jesus is God. And he says, you just believe what I say. We, we still have uh, that concept of pardoning. You know, occasionally... Uh, people are released from prison if they receive a pardon from, is it the governor yes. or uh, who, who can pardon somebody's sin? Now, it doesn't mean that they weren't guilty in the first no. place, but it means that somebody's made a decision to let them exactly. let them out. Yeah. So it, I guess it's uh, it's this same sort of concept, isn't it? That It's not that we're not guilty, yeah. but Christ has said... Forgiven. You're forgiven. Pardon. Mm. Acquitted. Mm. <laughs> Now, we've just got a few minutes before our next break, but yeah. uh, we're going to move on to our next story. Yeah, I want to take up another story, Jason. We've got a little bit of time. Um, the context of this story is, is Jesus has just fed 5,000 people. Well, at least 5,000. That's yeah. just 5,000 5, men. 5,000 men, yeah. What so about probably about 10,000 or yeah, more. Yeah, it could have yeah. been 15. Who knows? Yeah. Um, and, and the people, he goes across the Sea of Galilee back to, to Capernaum, and the people come to him in the synagogue, mm. that synagogue we talked about last week. And um, Jesus says, Come on, guys, you haven't come looking for me because, you know, of the truth. You've come for the fish. <laughs> you want the you want the or physical the food. Yeah. It says, get serious. We've got bigger issues in life, eternal life. So we read, this is where we pick up the story. I wonder if you could read John six twenty eight, and we'll probably just get a bit of time to read this, and then we'll yep. talk about it as we wrap up. Then they said to him, what shall we do that we may work the works of God? Jesus answered and said to them, This is the work of God, that, that you believe in him who sent, whom he sent. Sorry. Uh, so he's really saying, believe in me. Exactly. He's, he's back to that yeah, same thing. Yeah. Therefore they said to him, What sign will you perform then, that we may see it and believe you? You'd think they probably haven't seen enough already. <laughs> it's, just <laughs> it's, just fed, it's just fed them with five loaves and two <laughs> exactly. fish. I mean, come on. What work will you do? Our fathers ate manna in the desert, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger. And he who believes in me shall never thirst. Interesting, isn't it? Let me read on a little bit here, Jason. Verse 37, we pick it up. All that the Father gives to me will come to me, and the one who comes to me I will by no means cast out. That's a great promise. Mm. Most assuredly, he's really trying, he wants them to get this, that this is the truth. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me has, not will have, has eternal life. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he'll live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. 
the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. We need to explain some of that, Jason. We um, will, and uh, we're going to have to do that after the break. But yeah. before we go to the break, and uh, we're going to give the code to our book, you want to say something about this book, oh, The yeah, Desire, Desire of, Ages. of Ages. It's one of the best books on the life of Christ. Yeah, I've heard it even said it's one of the best of, of ten books on the life of Jesus. And, and, and I would encourage our listeners who, who are able to get this book, at the bottom of each chapter, the beginning, there's the places to read from the Bible, and then there's this... This reading that you can read on the story. So it goes right through the life of Jesus from his birth right through to his ascension back to heaven. So a terrific resource and people, people are just blown away. It, it just brings Jesus alive to us. We're going to now listen to this song. It's called Safe and Sound by Scott Cunningham Band. This uh, really talks about when we put our trust in God, what uh, assurance we have.
Safe and Sound by Scott Cunningham Band. Now, Gary, before the break, we promised a code to the book, The Desire of Ages, and that code is DIG, D-I-G, number 12. And you can text that in to 488 We have four copies of that book to give away today. And so text in DIG12. And before the break, Gary, we just uh, touched on this story after Jesus had fed the 5,000 men, which means probably ten or 15,000 people. Um, some people came to him and said, what shall we do that we may work the works of God? And Jesus answered them and said, this is the work of God that you believe in him whom he sent. Right. And he was referring yes. to himself. Mm. So uh, we've got a few more things to talk about in this passage. And, right. um, uh, well, it's a, it, this passage and the last story we shared about the paralytic are connected. Who can forgive sins? Only God. That's what we saw from the mm. last story. Now this one is, is going to say, how do you have eternal life? Only in God. Because, you see, only if we're right with God can we have eternal life. And so these stories connect. How do you get right with God? Faith in Jesus. What does that lead to? Eternal life. So mm. let's pick it up here. You notice what it says here. The question is, how? what do we have to do so that we can have eternal life? What do we got to do? That was their question. Mm. And, and Jesus answered in a very concise way. He says, listen, this is what you have to do. You have to believe on the one God has sent, meaning me. You have to put your trust in me. But you notice they responded, well, what sign have you got? Mm. You, know, you mentioned him. Well, they just as had if, a big one. As if he had, they hadn't seen that. Yeah. Yeah. In other words, part of it is, well, what sign do you do so that we can know your God? Mm. Okay. Now, now notice and what he they said. referred to the manna in the wilderness yeah. where God gave them the, the, the bread from heaven. In other words, Moses gave us a great sign, the bread that came down. What mm. sign are you? And Jesus counters us, well, I am the one who came down from heaven. I am the what that bread pointed forward to. And I want you to notice he uses a very interesting word. He says, I, I am. This is the word for Yahweh or Jehovah in mm. the Bible. So Jesus is claiming when he says that, well, look, I, I am mm. the one who came down. This is God who's come down to this world in human flesh. Now, notice what happens here. That Because there's people in this crowd, you can imagine, who are wanting to know, how do we get eternal life? Some of them were, were contending with him, but others wanted to know. And mm. Jesus says, listen, I don't turn anyone away. Anybody who comes to me, I will not, no matter how bad, no matter how many times they've done that stuff, I will not turn them away. That's a great thought, isn't it? Mm. And notice the assurance of eternal life, he says, most assuredly, 
I lay down, I say to you, if anyone who believes in me, they have eternal life. They've started it. Mm. Anyone, Jason. <laughs> Isn't that good? Now, there's probably some of our listeners who think, well, yeah, he does it for Tom, Dick, Harry, Sue, you know, Joanne, but you don't, you, don't, you don't know the stuff that I've done. No, God says anyone. And that word pan in the Greek means the whole lot. Mm. Anyone who comes to me, anyone who accepts my death, can live forever. Now you've got a story to share. Have you got time yeah, to do that? We've got three I, and a half I, I minutes. That'll, that'll probably illustrate this, Jason, but I just wanted to zero in. Jesus is telling people, trust my words mm. and you have forgiveness. Trust my words, you have eternal life because I am the Almighty. Yeah, let me just close with a fishy story, Jason. Um, <laughs> there's a lady in Burma. Well, me and Marta Day, we call it, don't mm-hmm. we? This comes from a missionary from New Zealand, Eric Hare. He worked for many years in that part of the world. And he tells her how this lady used to tell her husband, Husband, I have a powerful God. He lives in heaven, lives in my life. He should live in yours too. And she tells him this all the time. He says, after a while, I thought, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go for a holiday, get away from this lady. <laughs> my... So he comes to her and he says, sweetheart, he says, uh, here's my key to my, my little room. And he puts it on a hook behind a curtain and says, please look after it. Well, he goes out of the house, hides behind some bushes. The lady comes out to do the gardening. And when she's got her back to him, she races, he races back inside the house, pulls the key down, puts it in his pocket and says, right, I'm going to show this lady a thing or two. She's going to look for this key. She's going to pray to her God uh, to find this key. She won't have it because it's in my pocket. So he, he sneaks away again. He comes to a little stream on his journey to his holiday, sees a rock at the bottom of, the, of a tree. So he says, oh, I don't want to lose this key. So he puts the key under the rock. In the water. No, 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 just on the edge of the stream. Right, okay. you know, just on the edge of the stream, there's yep. a tree, and he puts it underneath, and then he goes. A week later, he comes back, but to his dismay, the rock's gone because it rains a lot in this part of the world, and the rains came down, stream rose, took the ro- rock away. So he thinks, oh, man, but at least I can still do this thing on my wife. So he, he gets home, and his wife comes in from the garden after a while. She says, oh, sweetheart, good to see you. He says, yeah, yeah, where's my key? Well, she says, no problem. She goes to the curtain pulls back the curtain and there's the key. He <laughs> says, well, what, where, where'd that come from? Oh, she says, you'll never guess. You know, remember the daily you left last week? She says, well, I came in that night and the key was gone. He says, she says, but you know what? Every day I prayed to my God who lives in heaven, lives in my life, should live in yours. <laughs> and, and she says, so today I knew you were coming home. So she says, I went down to the market and I decided to get fish because I knew you like fish. Mm. Says so I got the biggest fish I could get, brought it home, and I was cutting the fish open. When, what the do you know? The key was in the fish. <laughs> he says, "Man, you got a powerful." Now that's a true story. Yeah. I mean, Peter got a fish coin out of the fish. Remember? Yeah, coin. Yeah. <laughs> so Jesus, God can do anything, and I think and this, this is in modern day times. This is in modern. Day. This just yeah. illustrates, Jason. God, Jesus is God Almighty, and he can he can take away us in stuff mm. and give and, us that eternal life. And and he does give us this he gives us you know obviously the, the prophecies and also the uh, experiences that we yes. see today so that we will believe yes exactly and you this know. is for real life experience and you have too yeah yeah absolutely and i think that's the thing isn't it that when we see uh, the power of god working in people's yes. lives we you know, we know the, the reason for it is so that we believe yes, and, absolutely. Uh, and that's what god wants us to to put our trust and our belief in him 
Well, that uh, brings us to the end of today's program. So uh, just remember, we've got the free offer today. We've got a few copies left to give away, The Desire of Ages, and you can text in DIG number 12, no spaces, just the word DIG and the numbers 1 and 2 in the end, uh, DIG 12 to 0488 and we will get you a copy of that book. And uh, as Gary said, it's a it's a fantastic book to uh, really delve into the oh, life of Jesus. You'll get really close to Christ when you read that book. Yeah. So uh, what have you got for us next week, Gary? Well, more fishy stories. More fishy stories. Well, just one more fishy story. We'll finish off next week on this little series, Back to Capernaum, and a, a great story to, to wrap this, this little series up. Awesome. Look forward to that. And, of course, tomorrow we've got Raiko Chelich joining us on his uh, series 3MJ. That's the mission, message, and movement of Jesus. That sounds and, interesting. Yeah. Um, the uh, Abomination of Desolation Part 2. I know if uh, I listened to that one last week, the first part of it, some of those uh, texts and words are difficult to us uh, for us to understand, so it's well worth listening to that program. And Ryko's a great explainer. He mm-hmm. is. He is very good. So uh, go back and listen to last week's if you've missed that uh, on the Faith FM website or also on the Faith FM app. You can grab that as well well uh so tomorrow uh yes with Ryko and tabitha so we do hope you can join us tomorrow and we just hope today wherever you are that you have a great day and that uh, god blesses you in your journey today we're going to go out with uh, tis so sweet to trust in jesus by casting crowns so sweet to trust in Jesus just to take him at his word just to rest upon his promise just to know thus saith the Lord Jesus Jesus how trust him how I proved you more and more Jesus Jesus precious Jesus oh for grace to trust him so glad I learned to trust him precious Jesus Savior friend and I know that he is with me will be with me to the end Jesus Jesus how trust him how I proved you more and more Jesus Jesus precious Jesus oh for grace to trust him
Jesus, how I trust Him. 